Hello and welcome to Smash Hit Sports. I'm your host, Cody. Today I have Austin Halcom, the founder and CEO of Prime Performance Coaching and host of the Prime Performance Podcast, which will be linked everywhere um, as a part of this video. It'll be in the description. It'll be in the description of the podcast as well. But Austin, welcome on, man. Hey, Cody, man. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to getting to talk shop here and talk. I know. Some, and uh, Mental game coaching here. Yeah, and I've always... Sports psychology and the the study of how you know we look into athletes and performance has changed dramatically since even I was in like college athletics and especially since I was playing in high school ball. So I'm really excited to get into into this with you. But let's start. Founder and CEO is a pretty badass title. Let's start with that. What is prime performance coaching? What do you do? Yeah, so I am a certified mental performance coach. That is my title. Uh, And with that, I have at first started out, it was kind of a brand. And when I was getting into the field, so I to give a little bit of background, I started out uh, in kinesiology and biomechanics at IU, wanted to be a physical therapist. And then I found this class called sports psychology whenever I was working with the IU women's basketball team and men's basketball team. And they, their athletic counselor threw me into this class. They're like, oh, most of the athletes take it. It's pretty cool one of the first days and first lessons that we had was on this topic of burnout. And that was something that I struggled with. And I struggled with the mental game when I was in high school, but didn't even really realize it. Um, and from then on, it was game over. And I just said, I literally said it to myself in that class. I was like, man, this is like everything I wish I had growing up. Like this is something completely new and fresh to me. And I had never really taken any psychology courses. I never knew much about the mental game. Uh, so I dove into it and, and luckily IU had a grad program in that in mental health counseling and sports psychology, got to stay in Bloomington for a few more years to get a grad degree, which isn't a bad thing at all. Uh, and, and in that I started building this brand and I, I didn't want to just be the mental guy or the sports psych Austin. Like I wanted it to be an actual business. And so with that brand came a lot of people wanting to get to work with me and do a lot of cool things and create contracts and, um, under a year ago, I decided to go ahead and just switch it over. So prime performance coaching LLC is what I created in my business. And now I contract out to local sites here in Indianapolis, uh, where I do mental game and sports psychology work. There's so many different things, thousands of things, honestly, that I work on with people, but I got my in-person sites and then you get the virtual as well. So we've just been building and growing and growing and talking mental game and mental health. And it's been awesome, man. Yeah. And that's, I love how you say that that's something that you wish you had and you're just giving people the opportunity to get what you wish that you had. You know, it's, it's a, it's kind of one of those where what you're good at meets a business opportunity. And I, so the, the certification and what, what kind of goes into, to getting that, what is that a part of? Because you hear certified personal trainer all the time. That's, you know, a lot of people um, have that, but, how does the certified mental performance side work? Yeah. So like I said, I had to stay and get a graduate degree, uh, in mental health counseling and sports psychology. There's various ways that you could go about it. So the CMPC, it stands for certified mental performance consultants or coach. Uh, it is the gold standard right now in mental performance coaching. There's really no other certification that's recognized worldwide. And that's through the uh, association of applied sports psychology, So with that, you know, you go and you take, there's some undergrad classes that you need to take in various subjects. And then there's a very broad range of different things between ethics, 
um, behavioral knowledge, uh, neurobiology. There's all kinds of different things that you need to get studied up on in your grad degree. Then you do about 400 plus hours of internship plus another 100, 200 of um, with your mentor and supervisor. So you're going internship, then you're going supervising. And then you are jumping in, you got to take this big exam. So that way they can test your knowledge and make sure that you actually study a little bit and then learn something throughout your degrees. Uh, and then you get to be certified. And honestly, there's just not a lot of us out there. I was actually number 936 whenever I got into the field. So wow. whenever I jumped in, there was less than a thousand in the world. And there's probably just breaking a thousand since. And I got mine over two years ago. Um, so it's, it's relatively new and it's fresh, but there's a large wave coming of certified people that are going to be in the field here, hopefully soon. Cause we're needing some help out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's crazy to me because you hear all of these sports quotes that the Yogi Berra quote is one that immediately comes to mind where he's says 90% of the game of baseball is mental. The other half is physical, but there's a lot of truth in that and saying that like a lot of sports are a mental game, like having good and bad nights. A lot of that, you know, yeah, it comes down to how the muscles are feeling on any given day, but a lot of it comes into, you know, what's going on between the ears. So, but let's look at it from an athlete's perspective. Who needs a mental coach? Like what, what age, what sports, what level are we talking where you think that you can be best applied? Yeah. So it's a, I personally think anybody and everybody should jump into mental coaching, just like they want to go and work with a strength coach to get bigger, faster, stronger, physically athletes and coaches and, and people in business, they should all be wanting to train the mental side and get bigger, faster, stronger mentally, essentially is what I tell people. Uh, if, if you're just focused on training the physical, you know, someday you could get into whatever performance you're jumping into and you might not be focused. You might not be confident. You might not be able to handle pressure or adversity or stress and, Anything and everything can happen, not just in sport, but things in life happen and that affects your performance. And that's all it all stems and starts from the mental side. So to answer your question, uh, it's it's anybody and everybody that's interested in wanting to boost their performance and raise their potential. My, my clientele base stems and goes from I think my youngest is seven years old and I go all the way up to pro and Olympian and national team athletes. So it's a wide range. It goes across a multitude of different sports, different levels. You got your super elite athletes and you got your some that are like, Hey, I just, I'd like to be a little bit better than average. Um, and so with that, we just dive into the, the best thing that I like about what I do, uh, is that everything to each person that you work with is personalized. So it's not the same stuff over and over and over again. It's not the same conversations. You'll have a little bit of similarities here and there, and you're talking about the same concepts, but there are so many different things that people can work on. And I think, you know, I, I want to add too. there's this huge misconception when it comes to mental game coaching, just as much as I want to help people reach their highest potential and take them to newer heights. Uh, it's a preventative measure too. So even if you think and believe, which I don't, I don't think anybody is, but if you think you, you and believe that you are the best of the best and you know, you're good all around and you don't need mental game coaching, that's fine. But in those championship level games and atmospheres, it's a little bit different. And, you know, you might want to go back and refer to some of those mental skills and mental techniques uh, that some of the others have been working on. So it's just as much preventative as anything else. Yeah. It seems very like, I mean, you relate it to hitting the weight room, but you can't just change your mentality at halftime of, you know, big games. Like that is something that you're coached into like that takes practice. It takes, 
you know, repetition in order to have the right mentality at the free throw line in a big game or the right mentality when you're up at the plate in the bottom of the ninth. So do you have any, does a lot of your stuff carry over from sport to sport, like baseball to football to golf, or is it very much a, Hey, we attack this from a very individualized perspective. So I have a set program where it's something that I've kind of created where I like to have an educational piece to what I do, regardless of what team I have. Somebody could call me and they say, hey, we need you in the next day. Not that I ever expect that to happen, but, you know, I want to be prepared and ready. I don't know what sport that's going to be. I don't know what team it's going to be. I don't know what uh, level of their season that they're at right now. So I got to have kind of something that's universal. And I educate people on mental skills and techniques and concepts. And we go through, hey, this is what this looks like. This is how it helps you. And then here's some things that you can take with you into your practices, into your games, into your culture and environment and utilize to help you become better. And so with that, I, I really try and dive into the educational piece first, which that's relatively the harder part is getting bought in on educating. But once we get that, then we can really start diving in. Okay, you lack uh, the ability to throw strikes. Well, let's dive into some skill work here. Or maybe you're somebody that struggles at the free throw line. And Or, hey, I our, we have a team that we play in championship-level atmospheres all the time. We have a really ruckus crowd all the time. And on those way games, people want to come and watch us play too. We have a high-level team. But we struggle in those bigger environments. So let's work on it from a team atmosphere. Let's work on some team chemistry type stuff. And let's talk about the mental game and how we can all work together to keep you guys calm in those environments. There's just so many different things that we could dive into. But that's kind of the gist. Damn. that's it, It's cool to see somebody talk about what I feel like I felt for, you know, 10 years at like, okay, I got I I have to think about this. I have to do this. Now that I am a retired athlete, I am an absolute bum. I sit at a desk. I work my office job. What aspects of what you do every day are you like, you can absolutely use this at your nine to five. You can use this at home. What are your, like, you know, if you had to give like one or two big pieces. So there's actually a field called IO psychology, industrial and organizational psychology, and that's built for helping businesses. I've worked with business CEOs and helping their employees and their uh, business structure perform better and more efficiently. Two of the things that come right out of the gate for me in terms of how to help boost outside of athletics, because everything I do, like this is a life game. Mental game is a life game. I always tell people all the time, if I come into your program and I just make your athletes better at sport, I did you guys a disservice because this is stuff that you can take with you for the rest of your life. And I want the people that I work with, no matter what age, know, hey, you might come back to that. You might not use this right now but learn about it. And I bet at some point, 10, 20, even 30 years down the line, you'll use this stuff. So to answer your question, one thing that I always, always, always talk about is deep breathing. And it's something that is so overlooked because we do it every minute of every day. And everybody's like, well, I breathe anyways, but there is like a correct way to breathe. And so when I'm talking deep breathing, when I get people and I do an exercise with them, I'll have them use their hands and, you know, I'll have them, you know, put one hand up over their chest and one hand across their belly button and their gut. And I say, take a breath. And then everybody usually, you know, you'll see people that are up in their chest. Cause that's just kind of the natural way we breathe. But then I say, okay, now try and get it deep down to the bottom of your lungs. And that's deep breathing. We want to get that oxygen going. We want to get those lungs opened up. Deep breathing helps with lowering uh, stress. It helps with lowering your heart rate. It does a lot of different things cognitively when you're getting more of that oxygen in that help you become more focused and more locked in. And then something that's not so much a skill as it is 
uh, thing that you can do to help make the work life fun is I talk to coaches and business CEOs all the time. I'm like, Hey, you guys got to gamify things. You got to make things competitive. You got to make things fun. So for people in business, they might have office days. I know that one business I had worked, they'll throw cornhole boards up in the office and they're like, Hey, you know, I, I don't mind if people go and play cornhole on their lunch break. That's totally cool with me. I don't even care if they take an extra 20, 30 minutes and they're, they're not doing work. Cause that makes me know that they're having fun here in this environment and they want to show up to work every day, all kinds of different things that you can do with gamification. But those are just two that kind of stick out to me on the business side of things. I love the gamifying things. Cause I do that in my own like content creation, I'll be like, all right, we are like, I'm going to try to hit this goal of this many followers. Like I'm going to see how fast, you know, I can do it. Or I'm going to see how quickly can I, you know, I edited my last YouTube video. It took me an hour. Like, let's see if I can get it in 45 minutes. Like I, I try to make, you know, every, the, because the menial tasks are what get to you in the day in and day out. So I, I love that you um, mention that. Cause I, I try to do that a little bit. So it seems like I'm at least not starting from base zero, but, um, talking about athletes and like menta everybody mentions the Mamba mentality, like Kobe Bryant's mentality is one that everybody talks about. But if you had to, as far as athletes right now that you enjoy watching, because I know you're a big sports guy as well, who are your favorite at like athletes to watch as a mental coach? In terms of actual athletes that I'm watching right now, Aaron Judge does a lot of uh, mental skill game type things, one-on-one. I love what he's been doing. I use a lot of his stuff. Even prior to his awesome season last season, I was using some of his stuff in, in my programs and talking about it. Um, and you, if you ever notice, he picks up dirt from time to time. He'll rub that dirt when he's in the batter's box and he'll toss it behind him. And that's his refocusing present moment, physical action. That's a reset routine, but it's overlooked when you're just a casual fan. But for people like me, I love to see that stuff. Cause I'm like, I know 90% of the time when I'm looking at somebody and they're doing something like that, it's for a reason. And it's usually mental game one one And you got guys like Patrick Mahomes. He, uh, you know, you get your Super Bowl MVP. He talks about mental imagery and he had a mental coach when he was in college and he's been using that stuff ever since. Um, but outside of outside of big names and everything, when I'm looking at athletes, my favorite thing in the world is to see an athlete with untapped potential, maybe somebody who wasn't in the right or didn't have the right opportunities, maybe not enough playing time. They buy into this concept of mental game coaching. And then when that time comes instead of not being ready like they typically would if they weren't working on their mental game, they're ready for the moment and they go out there and they just shock the world on what they can do. So that's, I always love those stories that you hear college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, MLB, you hear it all over. Uh, there's, there's one, usually one or two of those a season. Okay. You brought up March madness. We got to talk about it because conference tournament play is starting. We are what less than two weeks away from selection Sunday. My favorite time of the year. I love March Madness. That being said, I would crumble if I had to play in some of these pressure situations. How would you prepare an athlete for something of the magnitude of March Madness or like transitioning from, because college basketball is one of those where like, yeah, you can drop a couple. Like there are nights where you can show up and, and not, you know, give everything and it's not the end of the world. But come March, it is. How do you prepare for that transition? Well, hopefully from my side of things, it's a team that I had been working with consistently. Um, because I'm a big believer, you got to start these things out early and you got to have a routine and a process with it. 
the mental game, just like you don't go and lift a ton of weights right before a game and feel like you're that much bigger, faster, stronger. You can't just do a bunch of mental skills and techniques right out of the gate for the first time all season and be like, okay, boom, I'm, I'm good mentally now. It doesn't really work like that. It takes, it takes time and it takes a routine to be able to do that. So jumping into these big tournament games, it's all about routine. You kind of said it like some people, they would be very, very upset and anxious and stressed and nervous whenever they're jumping into these games. And for the first time they come out of the tunnel and maybe it's a crowd that they had never seen before three, four times what they're used to. Well, what I try to tell them is if you have that process, you have those routines and you're doing them consistently throughout the year. And then when you get to these big games, that process and that routine, if it stays the same, it's telling your brain that everything is still the same. Just because the environment has changed doesn't mean the game of basketball has changed. doesn't mean that the, the goals have changed in size. doesn't mean that the ball's different or anything. It just means that, you know, it's just a different day. And I talk a lot about um, games being important. Every game's important. Every moment's important, but no games should ever be special. I think that that's something a lot of people put pressure on themselves. They're like, oh, well, we're in this championship game or, oh, we're in March Madness. Now it's all of a sudden a special game. No, it's not. It's the same game. It's basketball. You've played it. You know how to play it. You know the rules. It's just a different day. It's important. Just like the last game was important. Just like the first game of your season was important. Just like the preseason games, they were important. Every game is important. No games are special. You just have to be able to find a way to stick with your process and your routines and do those consistently. And you got your mind right where you want it to be and you're locked in and you're focused. Yeah, I've always, one thing I've always hated when we talk about sports in general is when we sit here and we go, oh, well, they, they can turn on a switch, right? Like they're not hot right now, but they'll just flip the switch. They'll be fine. And I feel like every time we talk about a team in that way, and the one that just recently comes into mind for me is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. It's like, oh, well, it's Tom Brady. They'll flip the switch. They'll be fine. Like, I feel as if that's so much more the exception than the normal. Like, if you don't, if you aren't prepared all season long, or if you aren't showing a, a championship tendencies or a championship routine all season long, then it's not going to show up in the playoffs when it matters. Like, do you feel as if that's kind of a myth? Like the flipping of the switch? I feel like it's a process over outcome thing. I think that if people can trust that process, you know, we don't really control the outcome and the results. Regardless of what, we don't control the scoreboard. We don't control referees. We don't control our opponents. What we do control is everything that's with inside of us. And that switch can be flipped on and it can stay on forever if you want it to. So I've got a thing called a success checklist. If I can dive into it here really briefly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so my success checklist this is something that, you know, I've, I've fully believe if people could do this on a daily basis, it would change their lives forever. Doing it though is the hard part. And everybody I talk to, it's like, yeah, you know, if I did do that, I would be this much better. Or I would be going to this school or these, all these schools would be recruiting me. And it's like some of the best in their sports. And so my success checklist, what it is, it's if you have high energy, if you bring a good attitude, if you show effort and hustle, you're a good teammate. Um, if you've got good body language, if you have high confidence, if you have good preparation and you're a good communicator on top of a few other things that are totally within your control, you're going to be successful. If you do those at a high rate, no matter your talent level, you're going to be successful. And that's the best part about it. You don't have to be six foot 10, 250 pounds built like a bodybuilder. You can do those things at a high rate. If you are the smallest, weakest, slowest person on your team, and I guarantee that it will gain results and it will gain people's attention if you are doing those things at a high rate. And so with that, I think that that's all you need to focus on whenever you're going into these type of, of games. Damn. That's, that is 
I'm going to clip the hell out of that and throw it all over social media because you just gave us absolute gold. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and like go back through when I'm editing this, write those down, put them on like my wall at my office and be like, all right, this is what we need to do consistently to, to be successful at work. Like that's something that could apply sitting in my job every day. It could apply to content creation. It could apply to every kid from T-ball to the majors that that's damn, you really hit the nail on the head there. Um, Something else happening this week is the NFL Combine, which is a the Underwear Olympics is something that I've always been fascinated by because you train to play football, you practice to play football, you everything that goes into an offseason normally is in order to be good at the sport of football. But for a brief moment in time from the end of the season until, you know, early March, you have a bunch of athletes training to be good at something else, right? To be good in the 40 time, to be good in your broad jump, your vertical, right? To be good. The other, because we all watch, you know, the 40 yard dash and things like that, the bench press. But the other thing that we don't forget or that we kind of forget about is the interviews, right? The meetings with the coaches, the meetings with the GMs, the meetings with staff. How would you address something that's so different because you can't just put your gloves on have the same routine as you prep for a game like you do for something like the combine how would you address something that's so unique yeah and I, it's funny that you say that because i actually just had a podcast where i went in and talked about that type of environment with the super bowl like it's two weeks until the Super Bowl and you've got all these interviews you've got all these people talking to you, you've got all these ads and campaigns that you're doing throughout the week and surely in your mind, I mean, it's a Super Bowl. You're thinking differently too. You're probably feeling a different way and you're probably acting and behaving a different way just because of that energy and that atmosphere. So the same thing goes, you know, with the the combine here. I'm a big believer that if you do everything in your power to prepare as hard as you can in every given moment, whatever that is, you're going to be successful at the end of the day. You might have a really slow 40 time. You might not get the reps that you thought that you wanted on bench press. But I think if you can create that mindset of I will do everything in my power to prepare as hard as I can. I will train harder any day than my opponents will on their best day. Like that's the type of mindset that you got to have. Will you train harder than your opponents every single day? No, you're going to have your setback days. Like that's it's, it's going to happen. But what the thing and the key is that you have that mindset of I'm going to do everything that I possibly can in this moment to prepare myself. If you have a limited amount of time, that probably means everybody that you're competing against had a limited amount of time too. If you have way too much time, what are you going to do with that time? What are you going to put into those moments and how are you going to train and prepare for this? And so a couple of mental game skills, things that you could do on the fly, because some of these guys are flying around and they're on planes and you can't really do a ton of physical work. I'm a big believer in mental imagery. And like I said, Patrick Mahomes, he dives into it pregame every game. Mental imagery is so key to you getting prepared. We see things twice. First, you see it in your mind and then you go and you see it in reality. So the more that you are seeing and visualizing that success in the 40 yard dash, the more that you're seeing yourself successful on the bench press or standing long jump, the more of that success that your mind sees 
it then puts you in success mode when you jump into that environment. It's an automatic confidence booster. Even if you've never done those things before, which surely these guys have in some capacity, even if you've never done those things in that environment before, your brain is familiar with it because you've seen it over and over and over and over again in your head, hopefully hundreds of times. Because if you're on that plane, it just takes a few seconds to run that 40-yard dash over and over and over again in your mind. So that's, that's kind of what I would tell people. If I were working with somebody going to the combine, I would let them know, hey, you got to start visualizing this. You got to map out what you want to accomplish. Know what your day looks like before you ever even get there. Don't be scrambling around. Like, know what your day looks like. And then once you visualize it and you see that success, it's moment to moment. You are in the present moment. Be where your feet are. My, I was told my athletes, be where your feet are. My feet are here. My physical body's here. That means my mind and my focus are on the Smash Hit Sports Podcast right now. That's exactly where I need to be. So if you're on that plane, be where your feet, at, feet are at. If you're in an interview, be where your feet are. If you're in an Uber, go into the stadium. Be where your feet are. That's what I tell everybody, man. Damn. I, I am getting so much value out of this interview just selfishly and i'm hoping that everybody listen listening to it is getting value out of it as well because i am going to like mental imagery can apply from hitting a home run to getting that promotion at work to you know hitting you know the the goals that you have when it comes to like if it's weight loss or whatever so um that's damn that's really cool um I'm going to put you on the spot here with this one a little bit. Who are your favorite athletes to work with type of athletes, whether that's maybe it's not like, Oh, you know, softball players are your favorite or baseball, but whatever. But like, who are your favorite people to train or to work with or to coach? My favorite ones to work with are the ones that are overly passionate about sport. Because one of the few things that I cannot teach and I cannot train. And I feel I have a very, broad range of things that I could go into with athletes. But the one thing that I can't help athletes with is make them choose to be passionate. So if somebody comes into my office, whether they are averaging two points a game or they're averaging 20 points a game, or if it's somebody that's just not had a lot of PT or somebody that's the star player, if they are super passionate about what they do, that does a lot of the dirty work for me already. And if, if they've got that passion, man, the, the, Sky's the limit on every, anything and everything that they want to accomplish in life. Like they can be great in so many different things, but they got to see it in themselves first. And that all starts with passion. So to answer your question, I'm really big on those athletes that come in, regardless of past history, regardless of future potential that people see in them, the ones that care enough and that want to be great. Those are the people that, you know, they make me want to show up every single day. And I love working with them. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. That's you can't, uh, you can lead a horse to water. Can't make the, make it drink kind of deal. It's like you can, you can teach them all the mental aspects, but if they're not passionate about getting better, you know, it, it makes it tough. So, um, right. Awesome. I'm going to be honest. I went through, we got through all of my questions. You picked through my brain. Is there anything else that you think, you know, you could add value to the people listening? Um, anything that, you know, a unique aspect of your job, any, anything like that? I mean, I, I honestly, it's, it's totally up to you. Yeah, I think that one thing I've been working on a lot with people recently, which I, di I didn't do this too much early on in my career, but I've been getting some awesome results as of late, um, is that people need to answer their question of why. why. Why do you do what you do? Why do you wake up every day? Why do you go out there and train and, and you're sore and you go through all this hard work? Like, Why do you do what you do? And I think that if anybody can figure out why and what their purpose is and what they bring to the table and what they're doing – 
uh, regardless of the outcomes, regardless of the results, regardless of what's going on around them. Like if they can find that why and what they're passionate about, like seriously, greatness is just around the corner. Like there is something that they are going to do that's going to impact the world. And I think that's why I do what I do. I want to impact the world in some capacity. And I want the people that I work with and train and coach, I want them to go and impact the world. And hopefully we just continue to spread this message message. And I'm just a big believer that I, I tell people all the time, just be you like, that's kind of my mission statement. That's kind of what I'm all about is just be you. You don't have to be anybody else. I think we have a lot of comparison game type stuff out there, especially with social media, uh, but everybody I work with, regardless of circumstances, I I'm just like, hey, you know, figure out your why, go be passionate about it, go do what you need to do to be great and just be yourself. You don't have to be anybody else like you. There's greatness inside of you. You just got to unlock it and you got to figure out what, what makes you tick, what makes you go, man. And so that's what I'm all about over here. Oh, I love that, man. You got me ready to run through a brick wall. Um, make sure you go check out Austin's stuff. All of his social medias are going to be linked in the description below. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's up on the screen. Um, Austin, I know uh, Instagram's probably your biggest platform. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, at Austalk Prime, A-U-S-T-H-A-L-C Prime. Go give him a follow. He absolutely is going like that. Your podcast, I listen to the podcast after the Super Bowl. Really, really just insightful stuff. It's different than... You know, just listening to my dumbass talk about sports, right? Um, it, it's it's actually insightful. It's really, really cool. So make sure you go check out his stuff. Austin, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and if you guys like this type of content, make sure to like, subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, and we will see you in the next one.